This is The Converse, an apostolic tabernacle podcast all about sharing the truth of God's Word. In this podcast, you will hear sermons, panel discussions, and much more. If you would like more information about this ministry or would like to plan your visit, go to atwilmington.com. For now, enjoy your time on The Converse. Luke 15 and 11, and he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portions of good that falleth to me. Don't that sound like the generation today? And he divided unto him his living, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. Oh boy. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. With riotous living. Today I want to talk to you for a few minutes, and I really need you to pay attention because in a few minutes I'll tell you why. God, uh, God did speak to me last night, and I ignored it, and then he did it again at 1030, and I decided not to ignore it this time. Um, I want to talk to you about the call to come home. The call to come home. Let's pray together. Lord, we do thank you for your presence and your power. God, I just pray that above all today that I won't receive any glory, but you will. God, I pray that anything that tries to hinder, to bind, to separate this morning, God, I pray that it and rebuke it in Jesus' name, asking that you'll have your free reign and that your will will be done in this place. Mighty God, I pray that your spirit will come even now. It will plow up that fallow ground in our hearts so that your word can penetrate to the deepest depths of our souls. Almighty God, and we'll be careful to praise you for it all. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. As you're seated, look at your neighbor and said, do you hear the call? The call, the call to come home. We have all seen on the news how that children or adults will go missing. Amber alerts will be put out, silver alerts would be put out, and people will go missing from their family and from their loved ones. Hurt and pain begins to sink into the heart of those left to wonder, and they will begin to make pleas from the news agencies in written or in spoken and video format. They'll stand up behind the microphone calling out, hoping, praying that their loved one will somehow, some way, hear or read the words of that loved one, calling them back home. There are times where these runaways are, are of their own volition and they'll leave of their own free will, maybe trying to escape things or trying to get away from things. Maybe they think in that moment it's the only way of escape, so they'll go out in desperation searching for something better. But the call of those left behind is still as strong. It's still as, as gut-wrenching. It's still as painful as they call out to their loved one, please come back home. There are times where men and women that have criminal uh, 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 ideas and thoughts will come and snatch a child away and snatch a loved one away and take them away from you. But the call is still the same. Please 
come back home. We're hurting. We're desperate. We want you back here. Please come back home. I thought this morning as I woke up last night, God had given me a dream, and I don't say that too often, but I will tell you it was a dream because it's played back over and over in my mind today. I believe it was from the Lord. And I could call this person by name this morning if I wanted to, but I was told that God is a gentleman and would never wish to embarrass anyone. But in this dream, a a, a wife, a husband went missing, and a wife came up to me and my wife and said, he's missing, he's gone. And at this time in my dream, I can remember that the police had already been involved. And I thought to myself today as I thought and I prayed over that dream, it's too late at that moment. When the person is missing, when the person is gone, sometimes we feel that it's too late, that nothing can be done. And sometimes God will send us a word before we ever leave telling us, please don't go. Sometimes in the middle of the night, God will speak to your pastor and he will tell him to get up on a Sunday morning and preach to you, please don't leave. He will tell you God is speaking to someone in this moment that the path you're going down is a path that will put you in divorce, that a path you're going down will leave you broken, the path that you're going down will leave you in a place where you won't be able to make it back home. The people that you've looked at and you've despised because of the decisions that they've made, you will find yourself making the very same decisions. But what I'm telling you this morning is it's not too late. You're not too far gone. You're you're not too far down this path. But it is time to come back home. There is a saying that says home is where the heart is. Home is where your decisions and your choices are made. Home is where those that love you are. Home is where those that care are. Where your treasures will be. There your heart will be also. Some of us will go put treasures out in the world. We'll put uh, price tags on things. We'll take the most valuable thing that we've been given, which is time, and we'll put it on all of these things that will fade away. We'll give it to friends that we'll forget about in five years while we ignore our children and our wives and our, and our husbands. We'll, 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 we'll give it to things that football games and baseball games and basketball games that in two and a half ma- hours won't matter anymore. We'll give our time to people that don't care, to things that will never give it back. We'll give our monies to things that don't yield any dividends. We'll give our monies like playing the, the not just the stock market because you can invest there, but like going into a, a, a going into a hotel and playing the lottery, or going into a hotel and playing blackjack. You'll go to a casino and you'll give your money to things that will never give you anything back. But all the while, the heart is following after where the possessions are. But there's people at home hurting. There's people at home wondering. There's people at home waiting, asking why. Can't you come back home? Why? Why does it have to be this way? Why do you have to leave? Dad's gone again. Why? Well, that's what he likes doing, honey. 
Mama's gone again. Well, why? That's what she likes to do, sweetheart. Let me tell you something. That's my daughter back there. She just yelled, Daddy. It's funny. She can see my big self all the way up here. We look out, and there'll be a day where we look back and wonder. Well, there'll be a day we'll look back and say, Oh, I wish I wouldn't have. Oh, I wish I would not have made that decision. Like the prodigal, the parable of the prodigal son was... He was given his, his, uh, his inheritance early. He takes all of his money and he leaves. He goes and he begins to spend it with riotous living, the Bible says. Oh, but then a famine came. Wait a minute. Everything was plenteous before this, Pastor Clater. Why? Now, now I don't have any money and I don't have any food. And everybody else that would have food that would give it to a beggar, now they're not giving it anymore. Because if they give it away, they won't have anything to eat either. Let me tell you what's in our world right now. It's not plenty. It's not stockpiles of corn and weed and barley. It's not a, a, a buffet full of things that will give you uh, sustenance and nutrition. No. In our world today is nothing but spiritual famine. And the Bible says that this prodigal son, that what he did was he joined himself to someone so that he could work and he could eat with the hogs. When we leave the house of God, when we leave the people of God and we find ourselves out there, once we've used up all the good that we had gotten at church, we'll have to join ourselves up to things that can feed us. We'll have to join, because here, let me tell you, in each and every one of us, there's an insatiable appetite for something higher than ourselves. And what we'll do is we'll search and we'll seek and we'll look and we'll go and we'll leave with just enough Holy Ghost to get us through for a little while. And then what we'll find is that the devil takes us down into these deep, dark holes that, that we can't see out of and we'll, we'll find that there'll be a famine in the land and then all that's left is for us to join up with someone that can feed us, that can give us a little bit. And let me tell you, when you join yourself up with somebody in this world, it's not like the Father's table that's spread and given plenty. When you join yourself up to people in this world, what you'll find is you'll find yourself eating in the hog pen. You'll find yourself eat, chewing on husk of corn that's already been devoured by other human beings. You'll find yourself eating the waste of the world when you could be in the house of God eating what the world wants to eat let me tell you something this morning it's time it's time it's time to come back home the call to come back home the Bible says this man he's not a boy he's given an inheritance he can go out and live on his own he's not a kid it's not JJ J.J., how old are you, 15? Thank you. He's not 15. No. He's all, he, he, he is old enough to make his own decisions and things be legally binding. He goes out in his ignorance and he leaves. And then all of a sudden, covered in mud, covered in filth, covered in addiction, covered in problems, 
covered in alcohol, the vomit of, of a hangover from the night before, covered from the sin of hanging out with all these worldly friends, covered in smoke from those people that smoke, covered in all of these things, he wakes up gnawing on a husk. Wait a minute. I'm out here working. And I'm working hard. But all I have is, is a corn husk. I'm, I'm chewing on rocks and mud. I'm, I'm in the filth. I'm in the muck. I'm in the mire. Even the servants in my father's house, they eat better than I do. They live better than I do. They dress better than I do. Let me tell you something. There's got to be a time. The Bible says he came to his senses. He remembered. He thought. He said, you know what? I, I took all of these things and I took my time and my money and all this stuff and I put it in things that never give it back to me. But, but, but I've came to my senses now. I remember being young and being in my father's house and how when I would stand up and I would say, Father, I want some more, he would give me some more food. I wouldn't have to go to bed hungry. I wouldn't have to go to bed wanting. I wouldn't have to go to bed with an empty belly. I remember those things. And let me tell you, it may not have happened yet, but you'll find yourself in the world and you'll remember sermons preached by Bishop Lowe. You'll remember sermons like this morning preached by, by Brother Leon Baker. You'll remember how that you were one time at the Father's table eating some of the best meat that the Father could give because the Father knows how to give good things and will remember that there was a time when I was eating good. I was living right. anything the call to come home you see there are two calls in the world there are opposing forces that pull that's why when you come into church and if you haven't been around apostolic Pentecostalism for a while if you come and you come in and you feel the presence of God the goosebumps come up it feels a little funny. You start to cry. And you think, this is nothing like I've ever experienced. And you'll, you'll begin to close yourself off a little bit. That's a gentle nudge and reminder, hey, the devil's saying, don't leave me just yet. All the while, God's on the other end like a tug of war. Hey, but here's the thing. When the devil will pull you down into the muck of a hog pen, Jesus is on the other end trying to pull you up out of the mire and put you on a rock. Let me tell you, the devil will leave you broken, but God wants to bind up the broken. Let me tell you, the devil will leave you hurting, but Jesus wants to heal the hurt. Let me tell you, the devil will leave you addicted, but Jesus said that I will give you life and give you life more abundantly. Come back home to the Father. Come back home to Jesus. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord.
It don't matter what people say. Jesus is always better. It don't matter what people think. Jesus is always better. It don't matter what the doctors, the lawyers, the prophets, the false prophets. It don't matter what they say. Let me tell you, when a doctor says you're dead, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth. I am life. Let me tell you, you don't have to live in famine anymore. You can live in plenty. You can live in abundance ADD's kicking in I had a friend of me friend of mine tell me I just I don't know if apostolic Pentecostal preachers is getting it done anymore I said dude you're doing it wrong let me tell you something Apostolic Pentecostal preaching. The worship will get you into the presence of the God, but the Word of God will save you. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I love, he said, Son, I got I to get back. I got to go. I got to see my dad. I got to see my brothers. I got to get home. I'm so hungry. I'm so empty. He says, I will arise. Let me tell you, the first step of getting back home is getting up. The first step of getting back to where God wants you to be is not laying down in a pity party and crying yourself to sleep every night. Let me tell you that, that, that the first step of getting back is not playing on people's emotions and walking in and talking about how broken you are. If people come up and tell you, oh my gosh, I'm broken, we'll say, well, good news. I know the one that can fix you because I know the one that created you. Let me tell you, it's time to get up. It's time to arise. And it's time to come back home the father's house the father's house it's time to come back home I gotta get up I gotta get up I can't stay in the filth I'm in I can't stay in this poverty lifestyle I gotta get back home I love what the son said. Y'all can be seated. I'm almost done. He said, he rehearsed it. I got to get up. I got to go back. I will arise and I will say to my father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. You see, when he came to his senses, he came to the understanding of where he was, not just geographically, but in his spirit. You can never, let me tell you this, you can never correct course if you are not willing to approach where you're at in the moment. Sin is not okay, but all have sinned. All have come short of the glory. That's what the Bible says. But if I can't approach my sin, how can I expect God to forgive it? If I can't first recognize the hurt, how can I expect God to heal it? I will arise. I'm going to get up. And I'm going to go. And I'm going to say, Dad, I'm so sorry. I've been a knucklehead. 
I'm so sorry I've been so stupid. I took everything you gave me and I left. I didn't listen to you. I didn't ask for your advice. I thought I knew it all. And now here I am. The Bible says he gets up. He said, I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He arose. He came to his father. After what he had, uh, after what he had, had rehearsed, he was ready to grovel. He was ready to beg. He was ready to do whatever it took to leave the pen and get back to the palace. And this is what he said. And he arose and came to his father. But when he, he was a great way off, his father saw him and ran and fell on his neck and he kissed him. All of the rehearsing went out the window. All of the thoughts that were self-deprecating went out the window. All of the I'm not worthy went out the window because in that moment, a father who had given his son everything, but his son had done nothing with it, was not wondering where his money was. He wasn't wondering where the debt that he owed was. He wasn't wondering why, where he had been, what he had done, what he had said, how much he had drank. He didn't care how many people that he had slept with, what he cared about. It's my son. It's home. You're here. I love what Bishop said one time. He said for he to, him to see him a great way off kind of lends us to believe that he was out there waiting. He wasn't just like, oh, that boy, forget him, I'm done. He wasn't like, now, now listen, if anybody has the right to say I'm done with you, it's a dad that gave you everything and, that, and you left him and spent all your money. But see, Jesus ain't like that. Because what he's doing is he's giving a story into the heart of God in heaven and not the heart of a human being. And he says, you know what? I don't care about all the stuff you've done, all the stuff you've seen. I'm just glad you're back home. Let me tell you one of the most amazing things about Apostolic Tabernacle is it is one of the most gracious, forgiving, and loving churches that I've ever seen. It was like that well before I got here, and by the help of the Holy Ghost, it'll be like that well after I'm gone. But let me tell you right now, the altar is not a place of judgment. The altar is a place of repentance. The altar is not a place of emotionalism. The altar is a place of spirituality. And there is a father waiting for you here, calling out, come back home. Come back home. The musicians come. Come home. Don't wait any longer. Come home. Don't keep going down the path. Come home. I have told you already what will happen in your life if you keep going. I imagine if, if the son would have heard a voice calling out while he was walking away with his money. As 
the voice would say, Son, you're going to spend everything you got, but you're not going to have anything. Son, you may have some pleasure, but it'll only be for a season. And then you'll wake up in a pit one day. Son, if you keep going, you're going to have a brokenness that only God can heal. If he would have heard those words, I would imagine there would have been a thought in his head like, maybe I should go back now. I'm preaching to, to really everybody. But you say, I've never had the gift of the Holy Ghost. I don't, this doesn't apply to me. Yeah, it does. Our home was originally intended to be with God in the garden. To walk with him like Adam. But sin came. It put us in riotous living. It put us in a pit. Put us in that miry clay. God reaches down to the broken and grabs them by the hand to pull them out. Call and come back home to me. That I'm preaching to that person who maybe you haven't left yet, but you're well on your way. You can stop now. There's this principle in, in uh, mathematics. I can't remember the exact term. But it describes how that if two lines begin to veer away from one another... That in the beginning, they maintain a close proximity. But if they stay on that trajectory as they go, they get further and further and further apart. There will be a day where you'll wake up in a pit, chewing on husks of corn. And you say, I wish I would have never left. And then there are those that are already there. I believe God speaks to us today and tells us it's time to get up. It's time to do something about it. The call to come back home it reaches out as we stand to our feet the call to come back home the further you get away becomes more faint in the distance What was the yell, a scream, is now nothing more than a faint whisper. And you can't hear it above the noise. But I'm telling you, God's calling out to you today. God is calling out to you today. 
Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to visit us at atwilmington.com. We will see you next time on The Converse.